If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. I want you to go to Numbers chapter 13. This is where I want to go this morning. You know, we were uh, been talking last week about, and I want to ask a question for you. I want to ask you a question. Is church important to you? How many of you read Psalm 84 last week? I challenge you guys to read Psalm 84, maybe a little bit of a different, um, since we preached on it, maybe in a little bit of different light of how important church is to you. Amen? So, yeah. So, so um, we talked about the week prior about how God moves us from Egypt to the wilderness to the promised land. Amen? Y'all remember that? How he moves us from a slave to a son to a soldier mentality. Amen. How we enter into our promised land. Y'all follow me? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Is how we're moving from a slave to a son. How many of you know if you want to get into the promised land, you got to be a soldier? Amen. This Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. Amen. And if you want to move into the promised land, you got to become a soldier. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it does not return void. And, Heavenly Father, I pray right now, God, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, that you bless our time. God, I, 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 I have a word that I think is important. So, God, I pray for ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Numbers chapter 13. Starting in verse 28. I'm going to go right here. You ready? Nevertheless, we said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Everybody say strong. Say they're strong. He said, everybody, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. What that means is they have big walls around them. Amen. Everybody say amen. said, the cities are fortified. The cities are fortified. And they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak, the descendants of Anak were giants. All right. He says, so now the walls are, the walls are strong. There's giants there. The Amalekites are there. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. They're all there by the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said this. We are not able to go up. Watch. We're not able to go up. For they're what? Stronger than we are. And then they gave the children of Israel a bad report. They said that the land devours its inhabitants. You see that? The land through which we go, it devours its inhabitants. Meaning that the terrain is horrible. Okay, follow me said that it devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw were men of great stature. Verse 33. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. And now, I want to look at one more scripture in the New Testament. I want to look at one more scripture in the New Testament. Go to Hebrews 3.19. Excuse me. Hebrews 3.19. So we see that they could not enter in 
Because of what? And I want to talk to you for a few minutes. It's a, just a simple sermon that the Lord laid on my heart this week while I was traveling. And I believe it's for you this morning. Everybody say, I'm not a grasshopper. Not a grasshopper. Nah, you didn't do it. Everybody say, I'm not a grasshopper. That's better. That's better. And I want to share with you this morning what kept them out of the promised land and how you have to, what you have to do to enter into yours. Amen? What kept them out of their promised land and what you have to do to enter into yours. Do you know that God has one for you? Uh, do you know that God has one for you? Do you know that God has a land of promises for you? That he has a land uh, uh, that he has for you and your family? He has a promised land concerning you and yours. Amen. He has a promised land concerning me and mine. He has a promised land concerning our church. Amen. He has one for you. He has something that he has called you to. I think about when he called us called me into the ministry. I think about when the Lord had called me in the ministry and then he, years later, had called us to start this church. He had called us to start Restoration Church. And I think about the words that were spoken over us. I think about the words that we had got from the Lord. And that was all I had. I had a word from the Lord, but I had been given a promised land. Amen. You have a word from the Lord and you have been given a promised land. And I knew that God had spoken that into my spirit. And can I tell you right now, there are many of you here this morning that need to understand the importance of your faith. You need to understand the importance of your faith. And I want you to notice what happened in this story. I want you to notice what happened. The Bible says that 12 spies came back. Two of them had a good report. And 10 of them came back. Come on, y'all. And they said, listen, there's grapes in there the size of melons. They came out and they said, there's lots of productivity in the land. But, do you know what comes after but? Poop, crap. What comes after but? Let me tell you something. Anything you say before but means nothing if you say but because whatever you say after but is crap. I love you. I love you, but you need to do this. Oh, I want to do that, but, but what? When you use that three-letter word, it negates everything you already said. You can't use, they said there's grapes the size of melons. There's productivity in the land, but they gave four excuses Come on, somebody. They gave four excuses. Listen. They said, the people are strong. They gave four reasons why they couldn't go into the promised land. They said, the people are strong. They've got all this, but the people are strong. They said, the people that are coming against us. They said, not only that, not only do they have strong people, he says, but they have a, su a superhuman army backing the strong people. They have people that are stronger than the strong people that are stronger than we are because they're giants. They have superhuman warriors that are stronger than the strong people. Come on, come on. Amen. Are y'all following me? Amen. They have superhuman warriors. The sons of Anak, they were sons of giants. There's giants in that land also. 
not just the strong people. Listen, and then he said the cities are fortified. There's strong people. There's giants. There's, there's thick walls all around their city. And then they said the land that they inhabit, it devours all of its people. The terrain is crazy. We can't even get through the terrain and go up the mountains. It's devouring its people. And if we did get over the mountain, there's a giant standing there. And if we... They went through all the reasons. And I want you to notice what they're focusing on. They're focusing on what they saw, not what God said. Mm. They're focusing on what they saw, not what God said. God said, I've got you a land. I've got you a promised land. All you got to do is go get it. The giants wasn't a problem. The giants never were mentioned. He never said that the walls was going to hold you out. Come on, somebody. They are focusing on what they saw, not what God said. Amen. We need to be reminded. We need to be refreshed and we need to be renewed in our minds on what God said. You need to be refreshed, reminded, and renewed on what God has said about you, what God has said to you, and what God has promised you. You got to understand that. Listen, I want to tell you this. Deuteronomy 6.23. You have to understand. You have got to understand what he said. God has said this. We have to trust him and what he said more than what we see. Deuteronomy 6.23, he said he brought us out. Why? So he can bring us into the land flowing with milk and honey. I want to tell you something. God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. He brought you out of something so he can bring you into something. You got to understand the word that God has given you. He didn't just bring you out. He brought you out so he can take you in. Amen. I'm telling you. He brought you out, and we need to be reminded and refreshed of that, that he did not bring you out just to wander in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. He didn't bring you out just to wander in the wilderness. He didn't bring you out to be stagnant. He didn't bring you out to be intimidated. He didn't bring you out to be frustrated. He didn't bring you out to be with, without direction. Come on. He brought you out to bring you in. If he saved you and he brought you out of Egypt, he didn't just bring you out. He has something he wants to bring you into. He didn't just bring you out. He has something that he wants to bring you into. Do you see it? Why did he bring them out? So he can bring them in. He's got something that he wants to bring you into. And my question for you this morning is what's keeping you out? What's keeping you out? Well, they said the walls. What's keeping you out of your promised land? They said, well, it's the walls. I said, well, it's the walls that are keeping us out. The, the giants are keeping us out. The strong opposition of the people that are coming against us are keeping us out. The territory, the terrain, we can't even, the terrain is keeping us out. It's too difficult. That's what's keeping us out. And let me tell you something. Do you know the more that they hashed it and rehashed it and rehearsed it, the bigger the walls got? The more you hash things over your head and rehearse them over your head, the bigger the walls got. The more they rehashed it, the bigger the giants got. The more they rehashed it, the stronger the people got. Amen. The more they rehashed it, the territory got worse and worse. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but some of y'all been rehashing stuff in your life, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Y'all are... You got to hear what I'm trying to tell you. 
Amen. But God said this. Listen. The more they rehash these things, the bigger it gets. It's the walls. It's the giants. It's the strong people. It's the territory. I, I can't get in there. But here's what God said. He said, you heard man's appraisal. You heard man's appraisal of why they can't go in. The walls are too thick. The people are too strong. The giants are too big. He said the terrain is too rough. You've heard man's appraisal. I'm going to tell you why they didn't go in. He said, I've got one answer for you. I've got one answer for you. And God said, you want my appraisal of the situation? One answer, Hebrews 3.19. Right here. They could not enter in because of why? Unbelief. Unbelief. God's observation said that it was because of their unbelief. The walls did not stop them. The giants had nothing to do with it. Come on, somebody. The giants had nothing to do with them. The walls had nothing to do with it. It was their unbelief that stopped them from going into the promised land. God never said the giants would stop them. God never said the walls would stop them. They couldn't. The giants couldn't stop them according to God. The walls didn't stop them. The strong people inhabiting the land couldn't stop them. The terrain couldn't stop them. God said all you had to do was believe what I told you. That's all you had to do. All you got to do is just believe what I told you. You know what he told them? I'm going to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And what they do, oh, he can't go in there. It was their unbelief. God said all you had to do was just believe what I told you. That's it. And I want to tell you this. Now you're giving excuses and, and all of us do this. Or maybe I'm just preaching to myself. But all of us do this. But the truth is, if we don't enter the promised land for our families and our children and our children's children, and we don't enter into the destiny that God has called us to, it will not be the giants that stop you. It will not be the walls that stop you. It will be you and your unbelief that stops you from going into what God has called you to do. There is nothing that's going to stop you from going where God has called you to go. Nothing. Nothing's going to stop you. It will be your own unbelief. It will not be because the giants, and it will not be because somebody's too big for our God to triumph or have victory over. There's only one reason. One reason. You know what God said? Because you didn't do what I told you to do. Because of unbelief. It was unbelief. He said, because you didn't do and you didn't believe what I told you. What's keeping you out of your promised land? Number one, unbelief. It's unbelief. Unbelief will keep you out. Can I tell you, if God said it, it's time to stand up and believe it? Amen. Unbelief will keep you out of your promised land. And if God said it and God promised it to you, it's time for us to stand up and believe it. Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who healeth thee. Amen. He is Jehovah Jireh. Come on. He provides for us. Amen. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Has anybody in here made up your mind this morning that the lies, that the giants, that the intimidation is going to keep you out of your promised land anymore? Have you made up your mind to be victorious today? Amen. We need a room full of people to shout right now. God Almighty. Glory to God. Has anything stopped you from inheriting those promises from God? Anything. I'm trying to hurry. <laughs> because, listen, <clears throat> I want to get to this point that I really feel like the Lord wants me to get to. And I want to tell you this because, well, the second thing that kept him out was intimidation. Intimidation. Amen. They were scared. They were scared. It was intimidation. The Bible says that two spies came back and said, we can do it. We all know their names. Joshua and Caleb, we all know their names. Two spies came back and said, we can do it. But 10 of them said, we can't. And nobody knows their names. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because nobody wants to remember people who tells you what you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to be remembered, you better tell people what they can do. If you want to be remembered, you tell your children what they can do. If you want to be remembered, you tell your neighbors what they can do. You tell your people what they can do. The ten people who said we can't do it is never mentioned again in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The two who said we can, you know all about them. Be a, don't just be a can't. Be a can Come on. Honestly, you know, I'll tell you this. I couldn't tell you the times. Hey, I couldn't tell you the times when God shoved me out. Couldn't tell you the times that God shoved me because he knew I was too intimidated to step out and obey him. And I got shoved. It reminds me of the story of the multimillionaire in Texas. Had this Olympic-sized swimming pool. And he, he had all of his friends over, and, and he had this big Olympic-sized swimming pool in the back of his mansion, and he's having a barbecue. And all of his friends, they go down, and they walk to the back of his house, and he's got this big, large swimming pool, and it's full of alligators. And they're sitting there, and they're like, sir, why is your swimming pool full of alligators? And he says, I have one trait that I value over anything. He said, and that's courage. If anyone can jump in my swimming pool on one end and swim to the other end and make it out alive, I will write them a million dollar check. As they turned around, they walked up toward the house and you heard splash. They stopped and turned around and they seen a guy swimming across that swimming pool like an Olympic swimmer. 
He was almost walking on top of the alligators. The millionaire goes running down there. The guy jumps out of the pool. He says, oh my goodness, I have never seen such courage on display in my whole life. Who do I write the check out to? And he says, I just want to know who pushed me in. Sometimes you got to be shoved. Sometimes you just got to be shoved. Sometimes you just got to be pushed. I can't tell you the times I didn't want to do it. I can't tell you how many times I've sat up here scared to death. If they knew I puked every Sunday morning, if they knew I was scared, they would stand up here and say, oh, you poor little pitiful thing. But you know what? Sometimes you got to be shoved into your... I'm here to tell... Praise the Lord. But God has a way of taking people who his hand is on and shoving you right out there. Don't he? Amen. And when you get out there, the gift will make room for you. The gift will start opening doors that no man can shut. The gift will start paying the bills. The gift will start taking your children to heaven with you. Amen. It'll help you. The gift will make room for you. Hallelujah. The gift will save your family. And the Lord says this, get ready for a shove. Get ready for a shove. Women, women, you're about to have God push you out where you've been called to go. I believe that. You women are about to be shoved out and you're going to go where God has called you to go. Amen. Everybody take a praise break and I'll keep moving. I'm not going to keep moving. I'll keep preaching when y'all start praising the Lord. I believe that. The Lord told me to tell you that. You women are fixing to be shoved out into the calling that God has for you. I believe it. I believe it. My last point. When you understand that intimidation kept them out, unbelief kept them out. It's what kept them out of their promised land. It wasn't the giants. It wasn't the walls. Wasn't the terrain, not the strong enemies, the haters. Haters everywhere. Amen. Wasn't the haters that kept them out. They can't keep you out. Do you understand that? They can't keep you out. The one thing that keep you out, the only thing, unbelief, intimidation, and a grasshopper complex. They said in Numbers 13, 33, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we are in their sight. Talking about their enemy. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. How you see yourself determines how your enemy sees you. Mm. How you see yourself determines how the enemy sees you. And if you have a poor self-image of yourself, the enemy will always agree with you. He will always agree with you when you have low self-esteem. The enemy will always agree with you when you think you're unworthy. Amen. He will always. But we see ourselves as grasshoppers, don't we, Mr. Giant? Yes, you are. That's what the enemy does. He'll always agree with you. 
You ever watch a fight and somebody goes in the boxing ring, they're intimidated and scared to death, they're whooped before it ever starts. Ain't they? He says, we were grasshoppers in our own sight. How you see yourself is how the enemy sees you. But here's what got me. And this is what, listen, I've never noticed this before. You'll read right over this. This messed me up right here. And this is the whole sermon that I've been trying to hurry up and get to. I'm glad y'all hung out and waited. This is the whole sermon that I I want to get to right here. And and this, this, this messed me up. Here it is. Listen carefully. Numbers 13, 33. They said, we were in our, plural, we, plural. That's past tense. We, plural, were in our, plural, right, on site as grasshoppers. The problem is not how I see me, but how I see you. You got to catch this. You got to catch this. And you. It's how I see you. Not just me, guys, listen, that can determine whether or not I get into the promised land. And if I see you and you and your shoes ain't right, you ain't right. You ain't got enough money. I see, here we go. Welcome to Restoration Church. If I see you and you and you and you as grasshoppers, she's not important. They're not important. And when you start seeing other people that God has called you to be grouped with as insignificant, you got to understand this. When you see people that God has called you and grouped you with as insignificant, they had an improper respect for each other. They had an improper respect for each other. The grasshopper is just a little insect that you just step on. It is very insignificant. It makes no difference. There's nothing special about grasshoppers. And God said the reason they can't go in is because they see each other's as grasshoppers. You got to catch this, guys. They see each other as grasshoppers. They see their children as grasshoppers. They were coming out of Egypt. They had their children with them. They had their families with them. They seen their children as grasshoppers. You might be changing the diaper on the next president of the United States. You don't know that. You stop looking at your little child as a grasshopper. They were looking at everybody as grasshoppers because your children, listen, those that God has put in your life, quit viewing them as grasshoppers. Amen. Because your children and your children's children are part of the destiny and the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Stop seeing the people around you as grasshoppers.
And I'm so glad that the Lord called us to start this church. And we can say that the Lord is going to do mighty things, y'all. The Lord is going to do mighty things through this church. I'm telling you, we just bought a racetrack. We just bought a racetrack. We're going to build God a house. We're going to preach the gospel all over this place. You know why? Because I don't see you as grasshoppers. <laughs> because we don't see each other as grasshoppers. Amen. Oh, I feel like shouting. When you hear your little child back there playing the piano, don't get mad at her playing the piano. She might be the next songwriter that writes a song that changes the world. Don't look at her as a little grasshopper. Amen. We need God to show us who we are and who we have around us. Hallelujah. There's not a grasshopper in this building this morning. There's not a grasshopper in this building this morning. Hallelujah. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. They didn't make it in. I'm almost done, y'all. They didn't make it in. Not because of the walls. Not because of the giants. But because of unbelief. Because of intimidation. And because they saw themselves and everyone around them as grasshoppers. God has given us our promised land. Each and every single one of you has one. God has given us the land flowing with milk and honey. We just have to stop viewing each other as grasshoppers. Amen. God is planning this church and it's going to take a lot. Listen. It is going to take a lot for us to do everything that God has called us to do, and we don't have enough to get it done. But God has given us lenses of faith. I don't see any grasshoppers in this room. I see a room full of millionaires. Amen. Amen. I see a room full of millionaires. Well, well, yeah, I just don't believe that can happen. Yeah, that's why, grasshopper. That's why. Well, that'll never happen. That's why, grasshopper. I see a room full of multimillionaires. Why don't you just get a new revelation and say, well, if that's what God's got planned for me, then I might as well just sit under it and soak it in. Take the heavens a blessing, the blessings of heaven. Come on. See a room full, I don't see no grasshoppers in here. You know what? Maybe the next trillionaire is sitting in this room right now. Maybe the next trillionaire is sitting in this room right now. Why don't we stop viewing each other as grasshoppers? Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet for me this morning. I'm all done. I'm done preaching. Oh. There is not a grasshopper in this room. There is not a grasshopper in this room. Stay still for me. We got a couple minutes left. We got a couple minutes left. We're going to end with this worship song. There is not a grasshopper in this room. Glory to God. And I dare you to touch your neighbor this morning. I dare you to touch your neighbor this morning. Don't make it weird. I dare you to touch your neighbor this morning. And I want you to say this. Let's march into the promised land together. Nah, you didn't do it. I want you to touch your neighbor. And I want you to say, let's march into the promised land together. Let's march into the promised land together. Amen. 
Let's march into the promised land together. Hallelujah.